Film Photography Podcast 136, November 15th, 2015. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here with Mr. Mark O'Brien. Hey there, folks. Leslie Lazenby. Hi, everyone. Matt Mirage. Hey, hey. And this is the podcast for people who love traditional film, shooting with all sorts of cameras, good cameras, bad cameras. Doesn't matter. Just throw some film in it. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. But I'm going to start off with a letter. This is from uh, Danielle at the uh, Pascac High School in Montvale, New Jersey. Uh, and she was the recipient for her class of a bunch of FPP cameras, mostly Pentax K1000s, uh, Minolta Ooh. X series cameras for her students. Everything she had uh, previously was broken, and she couldn't buy uh, a new you know, Minolta X700 or a new Pentax K1000. Mm-hmm. So she was buying a Vivitar 35mm yes. okay. SLR, mm-hmm. which she didn't like. Because she said it was too plasticky, very plasticky, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't up to you know up to speed for her students. I guess the older cameras are much more rugged for yes. students. Yeah. So when she received the package from FPP, she said, and this is her letter says, "I can't even begin to thank you for the cameras. I feel like I'm in an, in amazing, an amazing dream. dream. Seriously, when does this type of stuff happen in life? Thank you, thank you, thank you. What an amazing program." Uh, this is a program the FPP offers. So, folks listening, if you donated to the FPP, those cameras are taken in, gone through, make sure they work. We uh, put the batteries in, and then we uh, cart them around to our workshops and to our photo walks and give them to other film shooters. Uh, but we also have our ongoing school donation program, which are uh, classes like Danielle's who really need the stuff. Luckily, uh, uh, the uh, Montvale school system was able to find the FPP, and they're benefiting now from that. And I'm um, remaining dedicated into 2016 to um, really reorganize the school donation program, uh, try to get out there more, try to contact more schools. It's ongoing, so if you're listening... And you are uh, have received donated cameras. Think of us as a resource. Uh, you could contact us again. It's not a one-shot deal. If you need lenses, uh, whatever you might need. If we have it and you're a educational facility, you can have it. It's really that mm-hmm. simple. Very happy to help these kids out. And you, we never know what young Ansel Adams, right? Yeah, or right. you know, uh, uh, you know, a student who will go on to be the next great film shooter, mm-hmm. you know, or digital shooter, because as we all know, it doesn't really matter, uh, dig or film, because the techniques and the foundation are, and that really doesn't matter. I mean, kids with their digital SLRs, I mean, many don't. They just put it in a program and just walk away, and they don't really understand the basics of you know the relationship between the f-stop and the shutter exactly. speed. The information is all the same. So we're here, glad to help. Uh, you could write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Yo! Kitty Cat. You could, Kitty Cat wants to donate. Uh, <laughs> you could uh, donate to us. Uh, click the Donate tab to get involved with sending stuff that, you know, you have, you want to get rid of, or you know a person. Uh, lots of cameras we receive are from uh, people whose... Uh, a loved one has passed away. That was a film buff, and we receive a lot of our classic cameras that way. So, pretty awesome. 
Um, it's great to inspire young kids with these film cameras because for a lot of them, they're used to using a phone or just yes. a sure. point and shoot or something that they don't think about it. When they, I think when they see what you get out of a negative, right. and all of a sudden they go, wow, this is, there's a connection between the physical aspect of what they're doing. Right. No, no doubt. It's, it's you know, an um, amazing discovery for someone who's young. Oh yeah! To not only get their hands on film, but to you know figure out these the logistics of how to properly use a camera, because you have to. A lot of times, I'll have the university students that have had this experience. I love film. I want a camera. Well, the university, of course, loaned it. So uh, I think they're selective. The instructors will send them down to me, mm-hmm. and there again, we're given a camera. They're given a camera. So pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. Terrific program. Uh, this just in on my smartphone. Uh, Henry Kudo just uh, wired in that uh, he's at a convention event. That, that he's sold out of scare waves. Wow. I knew it was getting tight this yeah. morning. I saw it. Henry mm-hmm. Kudo is a f- filmmaker, and he just did a spooky horror film mm-hmm. uh, called Scare Waves. Uh, anyone that's been following the FPP probably knows of Henrik. H-E-N-R-I-Q-U-E, Kudo, C-O-U-T-O. You can Google that, Scare Waves, and pick up your copy. The Google. Kitty cat. Whoa, kitty cat. Recently, we had a giveaway uh, where, you know, once a year I get uh, back into and excited about uh, APS film. Not too many people (laughs) get excited about APS film. Nope. It's it's hard to. But what I always talk about is... The, the SLR, the single lens reflex uh, uh, APS cameras. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to shoot it, shoot an SLR because you mm-hmm. have control. This expired film, you could you know uh, choose a different uh, ISO. So if you're buying the Kodak 400, you could shoot it at 200 because it's expired and mm-hmm. kind of probably burnt out because it's been sitting on a, a shelf. For <laughs> yeah. a Lenses long time. too. You know, you can... Yeah. Yeah. But I also stress APS because you know as years go by here cuz years ago we used to do a lot of a lot of polaroid chat about polaroid manufactured film and uh, folks listening you may notice we don't talk about it too much because all that, you know, polaroid expired year 2005, 2006, 2007. I mean, it's it's you know, use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot it. I I do get some letters polaroid shooters saying, "Hey, I have a 2007 expired." And I'm like, "Uh, don't get it for free or don't spend a lot of money because most likely it's uh, you know, not going to work. APS film is no longer manufactured as of this recording date. Who knows if sometime in the future it's going to be resurgent. I mean, I don't know. Right. Um, I don't think so only because it's just such a, um, uh, an odd format. Mm-hmm. It was a format... That was generated out of greed. <laughs> yep. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it was a format that was made, that was manufactured to sell stuff. Like, oh, we'll have to re-equip labs. Right. Yes. You know, we'll have to, everyone will have to buy a different camera. Yes. You know, another case of a camera company, the Kodak, saying, uh, I mean, the 1990s. It's the big five. Oh, the big five. Yeah. Uh, Stracci. <laughs> uh, the Corleones. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, this was a format. Once again, the 1990s point and shoot. Everyone was using a point and shoot 35 millimeter. What are we going to do to make a format that Grandma can use and Aunt Maggie can use? Instamatic. Yeah, instamatic. Yes. Something they could just pop in. Uh, I don't know where we were talking about. It's sort of a hybrid between film and digital. Right. We were discussing that the other night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you look at those APS cameras that produce, 
a lot of them look identical to yep. some of the early digital cameras. And we use an APS-C size sensor. Yes, yes yep. we do. Right. Yep. Um, and there was, term. you know, technically, or there was information written onto that film that talked to the processor. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So, so there was that. It was advanced. A hybrid. Right. little bridgey, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bridge to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So sensors are actually called yeah. APS? Yeah, APS, APS-C sensors are mm. kind of the uh, consumer-grade DSLR sensors, and there's the full frame, which is In like that 35. term, APS is the throwback to the film? Yeah, except when you try to describe like, try to describe yeah. it, yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah. what? No, like no. you're yeah. just conf- like you see the look, like they're already kind of confused, and they come in the store, <laughs> it's just and just glaze over. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're done. Like you don't want to hit them with that unless they're like an engineer or a dentist. Right. Then they're like, oh wow, this is tell me more. You well, know? the like, interesting thing about the especially the Canon EOS APS cameras yeah. uh, is that when you uh, take your 35 millimeter EOS lenses and put them on the APS, the size changes. So 50 millimeter is not 50 millimeter. Yep. It's 1.6 times. That, it's know. kooky. A little yeah. more telly. There was a bunch of uh, cameras donated to the FPP over the years, as well as my own odd collecting of, a- of SLR APS cameras, and I've been cleaning shop. So I had all these cameras, and I did a giveaway. Here are some folks who won uh, one of the giveaways was just an EOS EOS nine uh, IX I call it body, and the pitch was, "Hey, great! You want to try APS? You already own the lenses. Here's the body. Get some APS film. It's easy to get as of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to eBay, there's tons of it. I don't know why it's so expensive. They should be like a dollar a roll. I don't know if people think there's value there. Yeah, it's like false value. Yeah, we'll wait a few more years. (laughs) Catherine Saru, I'm probably mispronouncing your last name, uh, won an EOS APS body. Uh, She says, um, I'm a UC Davis design student living in Sacramento. I fell in love with film photography last year uh, in a basic black and white photography class at my local community college. I'm getting back into color photography. I'm very excited about experimenting with different techniques. Uh, she says, I'm glad I discovered FPP community. I actually found the community through researching APS cameras and film. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, wow. That's kooky. That. I would love the opportunity to try this versatile and inexpensive format while experimenting with filters and colored flashes. Although I'm new to Flickr, I would love to be able to post pictures taken with this camera. I have two EOS lenses that would work with it as my 35mm uh, SLR is an EOS Rebel. And that's awesome. Uh, on Flickr, it's Catherine, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E dot S-E-R-O-U. If you want to find her on Flickr, I'm glad that we can get that camera to you, Catherine. These are such positive responses to APS. My, well, my, mine would be like, dear Mike, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. No, no. The, yeah, I think the that's most it. current picture on the FPP gallery, yes. I sent you that, was somebody shot APS underwater. Wow. Oh, it is an yes, awesome yes, shot. Yes, yes, Amazing. Yes. I, uh, Mike's got to see this. Yeah, I need to pull this it, up. So filmphotographyproject.com, the, one of the tabs up top is a gallery. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of old-fashioned. When Flickr was king, yes. like four <laughs> years ago, when everyone <laughs> Flickr, uh, our, our, our site is designed because people ask me, how can I get to your gallery? Well, you get to the gallery. The gallery pictures on the FPP are picked from our Flickr pool. Mm-hmm. If you're in the you have to be in the Flickr pool to qualify for the gallery because that's the only way the pictures link over to the FPP site and be chosen. So, this is uh Ariel Perez and here is the image I'll pass it around. And uh, Ariel shot this 
APS shot. Oh, that's awesome. Underwater. Yeah. And I saw that, and I just, oh, this is... There's quite, uh, maybe, I don't know, there's a few in the series, too, so... Yeah, there are but, a few in the but, series. There's a child underwater as well. Yes. Oh, this is wonderful. Which goes to prove that people think uh, APS is just piece, piece of crap format, mm-hmm. <laughs> point-and-shoot cameras, that everything's going to be burnt out and crappy-looking. But here is someone who really pushed it to the limit, Ariel David Perez, and he used a Canon Elf Sport. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I guess is sealed, so you can go underwater. I'm sure only X amount of feet. Sure. You're not going to take it like Something deep. Sea no, yeah. not deep. Yeah. And he used a, a film that I would not call a great film. By the way, in my experience, the Fuji films hold up better. He used the Kodak HD 200 oh. APS wow. film. Expired 2002. Crazy, right? That's the best case scenario right yes, there. Yes. <laughs> expired 02 shot August 2015. Wow. Uh, but wait, that's not all. Our good friend uh, uh, George Amador, Flickr name, UFO 646 <laughs> uh, loves film since childhood loves real prints uh, he says iPhone photos are okay but dot 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 develop my own black and white thinking about processing my own color slides thanks FPP great grateful for the show fantastic what show he's in New York and he won a Nikon APS camera uh, and this is the full outfit because the lenses mm. on the Nikon's are not interchangeable. It's a whole different mount. Oh, okay. Which kind of stinks. You can, I, I thought you could put a Nikon AF on those the APS SLR, but not, you couldn't take the, the Nikon IX, whatever they want to call it, Pronia. I yes, think. it was Pronia. Pronia. You, you mm. cannot put that lens on a regular mount Nikon because hmm. it, it goes back too far. Oh, the flange yeah. distance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's its own kind of standalone system. Yeah. Uh, and also another, I just, I mean, as I was cleaning out the FPP, I'm just finding all this stuff. I'm like, whoa. Uh, and since this contest, I found two additional Nikon Pronia. Uh, Tyler Brocato, he loves to shoot films, been listening to the podcast for six months, and glad others are still shooting film. And he was interested in this as well, so he got himself a Pronia as well. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's not all. <gasps> whoa. Uh, here's a thank you, um, EOS IX Advanced Photo System Camera. I mean, a bunch of them laying, ar- laying around. Yeah. So they out they went. He says, uh, Tom Arbor says, thanks a bunch. I received the Canon EOS Advanced Photo System Camera in the mail today. What a cool bit of technology. It takes me right back to 1999 when I was 20. <laughs> like a flashback. Uh, 20-year-old spending a semester in Australia... Shooting with my Samsung Maxim, Maximum Zoom Alpha, I guess that was APS, and Kodak Gold and Fuji Superior films. APS cams were all the rage. Images from the trip are here, and he uh, gives a link. I'm intrigued with all the various buttons and dials on the EOS, and also by the viewfinder. It's really cool how the masks are these APS photos. Yes. Oh, awesome! Uh, really cool. How, stand by with that. Uh, it was really cool how the mask with the various print formats on APS-C is implemented with digital overlay in the view in the viewfinder itself. This camera was, was way ahead of its time, or way behind its time. Kodak should have come out with the camera in 1989, and maybe they would have sold a, a lot more. It did come out late, didn't it, the APS? The SLRs, maybe. Yes, I think the SLRs were later. Anyhow, I'll keep in touch. But right now, I've got enough uh, film to go through. It's, he says he recently acquired a 1959 Olympus Pen camera. 
Yeah. Uh, I found FPP via YouTube sometime this spring. I've been listening to all the current episodes, and I've been work- working my way back into the archive. He says, um, so many questions. When and how would Dwayne leave? When would Leslie make her first appearance? <laughs> this is all like uh, Joseph Brunges was talking about. Oh, yeah. Remember? It's like yeah. Uh, yeah. FPP trivia. When will Matt become an employee of Ampex? Like, like you know, when? You know, going yeah. backwards. He says, I'm in C-Bus 2. What does that mean? Columbus. Columbus. Oh, Columbus. okay. Nice. And so on. You probably know this guy, Tom Arbor. Um, I'm trying to think. We have a lot of film shooters that don't listen to FPP. Oh. It takes me off when they come in. <laughs> Your show has quickly become my favorite podcast, and as a result, I've been afflicted with serious case of gas. It's gear acquisition syndrome. Seriously, though, I inherited Polaroid 103 land camera thinking it was obsolete, but with the guidance of FPP store, I'm able to now get great shots of my four- and six-year-old boys. Awesome. Thanks. I'll be in touch. Tom. Well, awesome. Awesome. Another happy film shooter. Yeah. And uh, Mark went running off. He brought back a whole album. <laughs> One of several. Yeah. Hold something up, Mark. <laughs> and these are uh, APS using, the, of course, the panoramic. The panoramic setting, yeah. And I had a Minolta Vectus S1 mm-hmm. with a 50-millimeter yep. yep. macro lens. And I actually, I enjoyed using it. It was a lot of fun. You could do a lot of neat things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the whole point of the APS was being very... Um, flexible in what you want for output, so you could do things that you might not normally do like with thirty-five that. millimeter. Mm-hmm. It's just a, this is like down in my bathroom downstairs. It's just an old um, cobalt glass against the uh, glass block wall window. So it's uh, you, you can have a lot of fun with it. The only thing that I, I wish I could uh, do would be to be able to take those films out of their little canisters and scan them in. Why can't you? Because I don't have an adapter for my scanner. I have a Minolta. Do you have a roll of painter's tape? Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. Oh, let me make it so easy. That's it. Okay. That's it? Just take them out, cut them, then sleeve them later. Oh, okay. Throw the can away. Okay. And how long were you sure. shooting APS? Oh, just for a couple of years. Okay. I mean, from, let's say, 2000 to 2003, maybe, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a, something to pick up and play with, and I... And then when I saw that they were having a fire sale on those Minolta Vectus mm-hmm. SLRs, I yep. picked one up for like a, $100 with a nice lens and all that. You did? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, uh, That's a reason and it was a lot of fun them. to shoot with. So for a period of time, you were shooting APS. Yeah, yeah. And of course, back then there were no digital cameras to shoot with, like on a consumer level. No. So, I mean, oh, you're just... Well, that's what, in that's that what, time frame, 2000? 2000. There were some, yeah. They, they weren't. They weren't down to the like the good price point. You that couldn't magical. get prints like this from them. Right. No, were, no. I mean, I spent mm-hmm. a, a lot of time foolishly shooting yeah. with an Apple Quick Take, oh, 640 oh, by oh, 480, boy. and we oh, thought it was oh, it's the school, it's digital, but it was cr- junk. And I'm thinking that in the APS cartridge, is there a magnetic strip for the information? Mm-hmm. So when you set your 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 camera to um, panoramic, a mass shows up. Right. And it sends a signal to that that will the, to the, the printer to the printer to the mm-hmm. photo lab yes. that tells that it's panoramic. But in fact, you're shooting the whole negative. You are, and you can choose a different size later. Yes, because it's all there. The kooky, yeah. kooky. So it's not like the 35 millimeter camera where you had that little panoramic mask, mask that literally mask that does really mask it. Yeah. This is just mm-hmm. a, a digital information that says print this one this way. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And the reason you got that. At such a great price, is because all the dealers that had them 
their employees didn't want them. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Because it was a fun camera. I mean, also it had that um, prism that was actually on the side. It wasn't a a prism on the hump. didn't have a hump prism. And that was later came out, I believe, in one of Olympus's early digital SLRs. It was like a side, it was a a side prism. On the the Minolta? On the Minolta, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so there's a little interesting. Like I said, some of that. The pen putting the mirror in to the side. On the side, yeah. So Uh it was. Some of it was, like I said, it was this bridge between film and digital in terms of the electronics and everything without... Yeah. So clearly, as Matt would say, R&D, research and development, yeah. I mean, clearly all these companies put a lot of oomph behind this format. Yeah. And I'm sure it must have sold well for a few years. For a while. And then, mm. then they, they probably sold lost well. a lot, though, too. But I don't, I know. don't, know, that, I don't know that that Did happened. It, I don't know if it ever... Uh, uh, it was not one twenty six, but I, I think they're um, hoping their hope was to get away from thirty five millimeter point and shoots. Not to get away, introduce something different, no, for sell, more sales, sell them something new. Yeah, that's what they want. But yeah. anyone really go for it? Well, it was, it was during a time where the camera companies they weren't knock like they weren't knocking it out of the park with a new SLR every year. It's not like nothing close to like digital. It's the, the rotations were like what like four in ten years. Well, kind of Minolta's things, yeah. goal. Was a new SLR or an upgrade? What they had every two. Yeah, and it was it's, it was years. really uh, that at that time that was pulling teeth to get people to upgrade every right. Because so, at, mm-hmm. at some point it was like, you know, those later Minolta SLRs. I mean, they had you know the whole thing with the eye control for yeah, the eye start for, for, and you know, all eye start and all that other thing. I mean, at some point. How much more can you go, right? I mean, you're still doing your limiting factor in all of these. Basically, is whatever emulsion are you using and the lens you got on it. You right? got it. So, so if you're if you're listening and you want to, you know, take a time warp <laughs> back to the days when APS was king. I don't know if it ever was king. Maybe it was Prince. Prince. Yeah. Uh, we'll call Prince, yeah. Uh, the FVP online store, <laughs> filmphotographyproject.com, has a great assortment of APS film. So this is what you do. If you're like, hey, I want to shoot this, shoot me an email, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com, and I could probably give you a camera. Because even though this contest, the giveaway is over, they're just like, as I'm I've, digging I've, through. I've got some to give you. Yeah. We have cameras. <laughs> yes. That you could just have. Yeah. So you just. Pop us an email and let us know what you need. And if you need film, you can go in the FPP store and you can get it there. And I could send your camera with that order. Or if you want to get your own film from eBay, or I'm sure the guys at the flea markets with the blanket on the ground where they're baking <laughs> the film week after week because no one's buying it, you could buy it there. But uh, what's great about the SLRs, as I mentioned, is that you could set your, you, could, you know, you could yes. set the ISO. Right. So it automatically reads the ISO, but you could, you know, give it a little more exposure. Mm-hmm. So where should they send their film to be developed? Two places I know. Uh, our good friends at thedarkroom.com. They're in California. And the fine folks at Dwayne's Photo. Okay. They're the only two that I know of in the United States that will process and print APS. They have the gear. What if you have a disc camera? Dwayne's. That's really hard to find, but Dwayne's. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne's photo. Or, you know, it's C41. Yeah. Oh. Get yourself out. Bucket. Of- Get yourself out a soup dish and uh, C forty one kit. Uh, just, yep, and put a, like a pin up through the spool yeah. of it, and there's your dip and dunk, and you're <laughs> out of there. Is yeah. that like a Sony Mavica with a <laughs> yeah <laughs> floppy disk? But uh, yeah, export. That was a success yeah. story. Yeah, Mavica was. Yes. We'll save it for another show. You oh, NF Digital, right? That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about it. No. Hey, when we come back, Matt is going to be talking about 
you know, used camera, what's hot and what's not. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that APS is not going to be on that list. Uh, that's <laughs> been on the not list for quite some time now. <laughs> Have you ever shot APS? Uh, begrudgingly, yes. Oh, okay. As a goof. Yeah, I think I think I'd like you handing me that EOS camera and like I did, oh, I did my nice. best not to get sick. Oh, you did it basically while we were just walking around Butler, you know, yeah. hanging out. And you didn't look lo- look away long enough for me to like spike it to the ground. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not working. We'll be we'll be right back. Super, Super eight. eight. I am obsessed, obsessed with Super, Super eight, eight film. It is so much fun. There are so many vintage Super 8 cameras out there. It's time to pick up a camera and shoot your own three-minute film on a cartridge of Super 8 film. And where are you going to get your film from? Right here at the Film Photography Project store online. As weeks go by, you'll see more and more Super 8 film stocks being added to the store. We have the Kodak Vision 3 line of films that come with a cartridge and a prepaid order form to get your film processed and transferred to a digital file. If you're into projection, if you want to project your film in your living room on a vintage projector, you'll want the brand new Whitner Chrome 200D Chrome Super 8 film. Keep an eye on the FPP Super 8 section in the store in coming months for new products being added. And it's time to start shooting some home movies. Super 8. Hey, we're back. Mark, can I uh, dip into that... Um, the cups the dark oh the dark ch- oh. i know i know you're hoarding it i i don't blame you and i promise i just want one or two. Oh, they're opened already no they're not okay no, they're not. they have a plastic seal of approval on them but this is a great this is a, a trader joe's i don't know if folks out there know what a trader joe's are what joe <laughs> you know what joe they're, they're around in the u.s uh, they make their own stuff, and it's great dark chocolate peanut butter cups, creamy peanut butter covered in dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a great little treat because it's not, you know, there's some peanut butter in here, yeah, and there's dark chocolate, so it's yeah. not going to be an, an like a like oh. a, it's not going to be like a Mr. Brown spike. No, it is if you down it with water. It's like it goes right to your veins. Really, I've always thought that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, did we take our break yet? Yeah, we're back. Uh, hey, we're back. <laughs> Matt, uh, new cameras. Mm-hmm. What's hot? What's not? Yeah, so, you know, working uh, working at Midwest is great because I get to see the trends ev- evolving. Like, you know, you belong to the Facebook groups, the film groups, and you pick up a little bit of what's going on with those guys. But it's also fun to see what's going on, you know, on the street. You know, what's, what's coming in, what's selling well, what's not. And used cameras, uh, particularly in film, they're very trendy right now. There's there's some that, that they they're you know they're on they're on the high they're on the down they're on the downtick. So what's uh, uh what's kind of out? What's not in vogue right now? Uh, a few months well not a few months ago it's almost a year ago now I saw tons of Pentax six by sevens Pentax six seven twos those were really hot for for a good second. Now I'm starting <laughs> to see those go way way down in price. Can't sell them at, at bargain prices. They fluctuate a lot. Uh, the only ones I don't that don't seem to fluctuate too much Hasselblads and Leicas. Those are those are a pretty safe bet across the board. But the Pentax six sevens, especially the Pentax six seven twos, really drop down in price. So th- those are the ones uh, you know, if you if you don't need to be the cool kid, you can get them at a great price right now. 
seen a lot of those. Um, lots of different Pentax 6x7 cameras. This is the 6x7, the old one that has mirror lockup. Those things, we call those the brick, the, the brick version of those. They uh, they just sit on the shelf, which is unfortunate because they're great cameras. They're heavy. They're very heavy. Yeah, it's uh, it's... I the had only one. thing heavier is that Argus that we talked about last episode. So that one's kind of like on the outside of it. Fuji medium format, uh, medium format range finders. So the six by seven, the six by nine, the Texas Leicas. Those are way down. They are way down. Wow. So not popular what right a deal. now. Selling for two fifty, three hundred bucks for medium format. Like if you're mm. pick them up. Those are. I mean, those are hot to, to scoop up, but not by the, the cool kids aren't shooting them, so you can get them for a good price. Um, Ones that seem really in right now and are really jumping up in price. What's what model is it? The Nikon point and shoot, the really fancy one with the oh, Ti. Thirty-five Ti. The thirty-five Ti's. Those are those are. Got one. Oh, Nikon thirty-five yeah, Ti. Those are on fire right now. Oh, are oh, they yes, really? Exactly. Yeah. I looked on the bay not too yeah, long ago. They're on fire. I'm not oh. impressed, quite frankly. Uh, it's a cult. I don't know. It's a cult it's, item. I don't know about cult, but like they're picking up a lot of the thir- the higher end thirty-five point and shoots. It's it's like this one today. Do you yeah. have them in Midwest on the shelf? No, I've, I had one come in and it went out lightning. What would that sell for? Uh I think it went for two, three hundred bucks somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And the Hexar RF goes for an insane amount of money. Yeah, I never see those. No yeah. kidding. The Hex- and now the Hexar is because some of the Japanese street photographers were really into those. Yeah. So and it depends on if those are, you know, in or out at the moment. But uh, Contacts, T2s, Yashica T4s. Oh, we, we did a segment on those. Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot. Hot. Hot right oh. now. Yeah going, yeah, going for quite a, you know, quite a bit. So... You already have those. Look, look, you know, and you're looking to sell. Good time to sell. But the Argus C3 will get hot. Oh gosh! Uh, if those get hot, I think Ann Arbor just went off the map somehow. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the vacation destination. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so that's that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. If you if you need any Pentax six seven gear, just give me a give me a call at Midwest. I've got a ton of lenses. I sold all mine. Yeah, got a lot, lot of stuff for those. <clears throat> did um, you go? What's the not? You, did you go over the not hot? Yeah, the, pen, the, the mm. Pentax six seven is not getting any love. The six forty fives are kind of they're, they're kind of cooling down as well. Okay. The, the Pentax six forty five ends were really hot for a second. Uh, those are kind of kind of cooling well, now, down what, too. What young pant legged kid like starts <laughs> these hot trends? Uh, you know where some of them start? No, here. Where here? Yeah, FPP. We'll FPP? talk about a yeah. camera, and then you'll check it out for a couple of weeks. It's hot off oh, the bat, like the Wera. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But um, so, those, so sometimes it's a little temporary high. But there's but, a, there's one cool kid who lives in Columbus. I always get the scoop off of him. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. his name's Austin Rogers. He writes for a really popular uh, photo blog called F Stoppers. Oh yeah. Um, so he's right in town, and he's always like, you know, he's got a new camera around his neck every week. And he's like, oh, hey, what's that, Austin? So mm-hmm. no, he's and he's always got the latest and greatest. It's so. really mm-hmm. really cute when you see a couple and they're both shooters. Oh, yeah. like that picture I just shot and yeah. put on. They were so adorable. And then I give him matching cannons, and <laughs> they thought life was grand. Yeah. So no, that's uh, that's what's but, hot and what's yeah. not right well, thank now. Thank you. We and, should yeah. keep this as a regular. We, didn't we keep, should. We don't have any regular segments this year, like you know. Uh, we tried. We tried. Butter, not butter. <laughs> you know, well, maybe but, for 2016, we'll come back with some regular departments. There you go. So that's that's. But you know what it is? It's all having to do with time. Like the fact that Matt works at NPEX. Mm-hmm. You're handling cameras on a daily basis. I see it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And you get it, which is awesome. He gets out to. I mean, you have an opportunity to manhandle the cameras that you know 
Yeah. Folks who want to own a camera don't necessarily get to manhandle it before they buy it. That's true. Now, yeah. I, I'm exactly. also, I have a reputation now, too, Mike. I'm like the bad cop. Oh, is that right? I'm the guy. No. I, like, so we have some guys that, like, you know, they'll give you a real. I'm the bad cop. Like, I have to, I'm the guy that has to step in and just hit him with reality. Like, hey, man, I can, I can give you twenty bucks. <laughs> like, oh. I, uh, no, but uh, we people will sell them. Yeah, it's a, for people selling. But we know we are probably one of the most fair buy-ins. Um, if you're going to sell your camera too, right? In Midwest, we usually try to beat uh, B and H, K E H by a fair margin. We do a lot of trade-in value, way better than outright buy. We do write you checks. So no, it's uh, it's cool to see. And then um, there's like the dig side of hot and not too. So like, yeah, we don't care about that. Though. Yeah, but well, like Nikon lenses. If you have Nikon manual focus lenses that you're not using, these dig shooters, no, oh. they're paying gold for it. Like they're they're. It, does Midwest have like a section where you have, uh, you know, traditional film? Lenses, lenses for, digital, that, for yeah. digital shooters. Yes, we do. And you sell the adapters as well. We we sell so many adapters because of those new Sony cameras. And is it a different type of person? For example, uh, yes. the person who will come in and have a digital camera and always want new glass versus the person who wants the antique lens on their camera. Oh yeah, a different the, type of person. Yeah, they're like somewhere between our film junkie and our and our like dig junkie. They 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 come in and they they want they're like, "Oh, I got I got 300 bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I want to see if I can get a prime in this focal length." And they're always looking at either for Nikkor glass. Uh, we had a lot of that contacts glass where I brought yeah, the Arias yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. and all those. Um, the, the contacts glass is really on the uptick too for for folks shooting those Sony mm-hmm. cameras. So no, it's a uh, it's cool to see, but it's all, you know, it's all film love at the end of the day and most of those guys what's cool is it's really easy to convert them to film because it's like hey man you just paid for the most i mean the body's practically free you just paid 300 bucks for a lens the body's right. like 20 bucks just right. you know, mm-hmm. scoop that up in some film well thank you very very much for that awesome report yeah when we come back we're going to be talking about uh you know what we're going to talk about mark O'Brien's going to pick three books is that cool yeah sounds good uh but before uh, I'm going to quickly read a letter from Jessica Neal. She says, pronounce your name, Neal as in real. All right. Yeah. yeah. She says, hello, just wanted to share how your podcast is inspiring me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Being a younger generation, most of my photography has been digital, although through early middle school, I remember buying film for cameras and having to take it to the lab. It wasn't a fancy camera, mind you. Basically, the point-and-shoot of film cameras, Mm -hmm. which we've been talking about a lot this year, giving them some love, which didn't provide any technical control. Over the last several years, I've become enamored with the art of photography, especially street photography. I've begun shooting a mirrorless Fuji system, which I love. What is that, Matt? Fuji mirrorless mirrorless system. Oh, he's talking about the Fuji X line. Okay, that's film or digital? Uh, It's dig, but it's completely funded by the success of their Instax line. Oh, very nice. For real? Yeah. However, I've always had an interest in the beauty of film. My dad still has an old Minolta with several lenses, and I'm hoping to clean it up to see if it works and shoot a roll of film. That's where the podcast came in. I really don't, I really didn't understand half of the stuff you talk about. Most people, you know, don't, maybe. But they write to us. They do write. Like Jessica. But it was incredibly interesting and entertaining. (laughs) It makes me want to learn more and provides a great jumping off point for me to get into film photography. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. I'm currently going back and listening to all the old episodes, and each one is awesome. Wow. This is ties in with her. With this yes, woman. In a way. Okay, her inspiration and where she gets it from. And Today, I listened to the episode where Leslie ex- explains the evolution of the consumer camera. So that interesting. Been, that would have been the, the disposable one-time 
Uh, remember that one? That was yeah. fun. That was fun. Yeah, we should take was. the best FP, We should take the best FPP episodes and make them available on a CD-ROM. Yeah. Or a cassette. What's or that? VHS. <laughs> You're listening to the best no. of FPP. <laughs> <laughs> I also thoroughly enjoy the vinyl episode. Please do more. Ooh. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm working on that. Only so many hours in the day, right? Yeah. Again, I don't have much experience besides my dad owning his own, all of his own vinyl, old vinyl records and having a record player from my late grandfather, but I would love to learn more. <laughs> Is that a Victrola? Yeah, set oh, that geez. up. An Edison. Crank it. Thanks for being an informative, fun source to get into analog media. I hope to share some work once again, assuming it's any good. I'm sure it'll be very good. So, cool. Is that one of you? We should save that segment because you're going to go and talk about the cameras. And I want to. Oh, they. this is 35120. Oh, okay. But but yeah, that's, that's not really got that it. You connect. just fly it to me when you're ready. Okay, cool. Quick break. Hey everybody, it's Mike. It's that time of year where you're like, Oh my God, I have to buy so-and-so a gift. What am I going to get them? (laughs) Well, the FPP has put together a few gift packages that may make the ideal gift for your friend or maybe for yourself. How about a Polaroid automatic land camera outfit? That's right, a Polaroid automatic land camera, a pack of film, a flash, all packaged beautifully in the original Polaroid carrying case. So for you or your friends that have not yet explored the Polaroid automatic land camera photography, that's the, as we call it, the crack and peel, where you pull the film out of the side of the camera, wait a minute, and then peel your print. It's amazing fun, and we now carry full outfits. For your friends that shoot 35mm, how about Eastman X? black and white film 19 rolls packaged in a beautiful authentic Eastman Kodak film can that's right that's the original Eastman Kodak double X can these are very limited it's an awesome gift idea for that photographer that has everything I just wanted to let everyone know that these items are now in the store for the holiday season only so please do check it out filmphotographystore.com which is part of our main website Let's get back to more show. Hey, we're back. <laughs> hey, Mark has um, three books he wants to talk about. Three picks. Well, and if you would see Mark's awesome library. Oh, yes. It, this is probably difficult for you to pick three. Well, I want to pick three books in the genre of way books that would make your craft better. Okay. Being a photographer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I know that film photography is not just your vision, but the craft that you use to to express that vision is also equally important. And, um, yeah, I, I know you were eyeing up my library and you were waiting for me to keel over so uh-huh. you could grab a few exactly. things. Exactly, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, you, but <laughs> <laughs> I picked three books that I think exp- that show different approaches to the craft of photography, and also the vision of photography. And the first one I want to go over is called The Craft of Photography, Updated Edition by David Vestal. Now, updated edition, but this book came out in, uh, let's see, what year was it? 1975. It's 342 pages long. And David Vestal, I believe, was uh, the editor of um, 
Photographic Techniques magazine. He has in, the, in this book, it's a little bit about the history of uh, capsule history of photography in here, but also ways of doing things in photography, how to set up your enlarger masks, all kinds of things of cropping, photographic control, exposure methods, um, negative contrast, all kinds of things, topics in photography, especially black and white, that would be useful to any film photographer. But you can also take that approach and apply it toward the dig, dig, the dig stuff as well, too. Um, because the basic approach to, to doing some of these things doesn't really change. It's, it's all very standard. So that's one book. And, and David, he's a good writer. Uh, he's very, the book's very approachable. It's not very. It's not jargony like some of them are. The second book is by one of my favorite writers who does a lot of books on that, have to, that are used in teaching, Henry Hornstein, mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic author in terms of showing you uh, of teaching photography. And so this one is called a technical manual beyond basic photography. And there are a lot of basic photo books out there. If you go to any book used bookstore, you're going to find a few. And I know one of the things that I get a lot of um, online and people in some of these forums, people always ask the same questions. And sometimes you just say, well, you could look it up online. But the thing is, there's a lot of things within these books that are not online. The personal approaches that each person takes may vary from one to another. And the books themselves, I mean, first of all, if I can sit down with a book and leaf through it and find exactly what I want or, or just browse and come up to something, if it's online, you're less likely to do that. Beyond Basic Photography is an excellent book. And Hornstein's he's got other books he's written out there. But I think it's really good. It answers a lot of technical questions. Um, it assumes that you're already familiar with using a camera and and how to develop your film. This takes you a step beyond there to make you a better photographer and a better craft craftsperson in, in doing that. That's a great book. I have it in my library, and it's great nuts and bolts. It, you can always pick it back up and find something, not necessarily something new, but just to refresh. Oh, yeah, right. I haven't been look, doing enough of this lately. Right, it's exactly. It's a great book. And it's one of those things where no matter how much – how long you've been doing something, sometimes it's good to go back to some things like that and just say, oh, how did you get that result? Or did I, I remember reading this somewhere and how do I do that? So it's it's a good resource. And the third book was by another author called Peter Layton, and the book is called oh. Creative Camera Control, third edition. There may be more recent ones out there, I'm not sure. I picked one up at a book sale earlier this year. It was actually the first edition, and I gave that away at the uh, FPP swap. And Creative Camera Control is basically teaching you how, not just how to use your camera, but how to be creative with the controls that you have and make the camera work for you. A lot of people just don't understand the whole thing with, with zone system. He explains that, and you can use zone system in whatever way applies to how you want to photograph. It yes. doesn't mean that you have to be a zony and everything <laughs> is totally uh, rigid. Um, and, of course, if you're shooting 35mm or 120, you can use some of the things that people use in the zone system to get better exposures because you can look, it teaches you how to look at a scene and, and maybe adjust your exposure compensation in ways that you wouldn't have done if you just relied on the camera to do it. So, But it, it ta- he talks about film and lenses, light concepts, flash, filter digital and APS Whoa. <laughs> and uh, so and this is a what year was this uh, third edition was 2001 so perfect um, for APS yeah perfect for APS so <laughs> highly recommended it's creative camera control by th- Peter Layton 
And all these books are probably available online somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and they're certainly in circulation. Some are still in print. Check them out. You can pick up Hornsteins for a song at Half Price Books. Oh, they bet. have them for like two, three bucks. It's yeah. crazy. Very, very cool. Thank you, Mark. We're going to keep theme of books going. And uh, Leslie, I'm going to talk really quick about a letter. I've got a letter from mm-hmm. our good friend Nasir. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. It talks about magazine, which is somewhat of a book. And then I see you have Lo-Fi Photo book in front of you and then we'll go into that and talk about that and it's some of the plastic cameras that i'm guessing are in that book no they they could be in that book Mm, yeah yeah maybe but here our good friend nasir from uh oxford england Mm -hmm. who we met i think twice at our fpp london meetup which there is some rumblings about a possible FPP London meetup, uh, which I know, Matt, you're ready to go. The natives are getting restless. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're ready to go. Everyone's invited, even from the States. <laughs> yes. But Nasir, over in the UK, he stays in touch with us. Great guy. Most notable, I think, for he, he takes a lunch break and he goes out and does street photography. Shoots almost every day. Almost, uh, mostly portraits. Mm-hmm. The king of just walking up to someone who doesn't even know and just asking them for their portrait. Oh, he's smooth. Yeah, yeah he just he you just has it. You can't fake that though. It has that has yeah, to be from the heart. It does yeah. have to be from the heart. And mm-hmm. you know what? But he's he's consistent and he's dedicated to it and therefore it becomes natural, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it too. You just have to do it a lot. Yeah, put in your reps. So he says, I've been meaning to write you for a long time, but I haven't quite managed it. So much film to shoot and develop. So little time. I hope you had a nice break over the summer. Thanks for the bonus episode. Did you shoot any large format film over the summer? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) And it doesn't come easy to me, which we'll talk about some other show. He says, here's a link to American Photo from 1990, which I thought you might enjoy browsing, even though it's just for the adverts. So in our show notes, uh, it's on uh, Google Books. Mm-hmm. I guess oh, yeah. Google mm-hmm. has a lot of cool stuff. American Photo, uh, 1990. I went to eBay and I actually bought yeah. the issue that is on uh, the uh, online site. Mm-hmm. Premier issue. Was it a hunch? Uh, if you bought this individually, it was like... a. Uh, f- fifteen to twenty dollars. Wow! But I bought it in a bundle with mm-hmm. four other issues of from the same year, and it cost me like seven bucks. Wow! So I was thrilled to get it, and he's absolutely right. If you go to eBay or go to Google, I guess Google Books or Google Docs or whatever it's called, uh, cer- certainly Google it. The Google. You'll be amazed of how awesome it is to have a vintage photo magazine in your hands. I noticed that American Photo, I, I, I checking, out, checking out a bunch of issues on the plane ride over here, um, they really do talk a lot about the superstars of photography. Yes. Like mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the masters, uh, Richard Avedon, mm-hmm. uh, James uh, Nakwe, William Wegman. Mm-hmm. All Ritz. Herb Ritz. Yeah. Mary Ellen Mark. Uh-huh. Annie Leibowitz. Robert Maplethorpe, Cindy Sherman, mm-hmm. Helmut Newton. I love him. Bruce Weber. I mean, certainly folks at home were barreling through this, but you just, mm-hmm. you know, use the Google and you could find out information about these photographers. All solid, yeah. The Google. Uh, but I noticed the consistency of this magazine. Uh, this type of magazine, it's a glossier. Not so much uh, photo technique, but photo, photo fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Herb Ritz is mentioned time and time again. So these superstars of photography are mentioned often in each issue that I've picked up. Then my favorite page, each and every issue, is uh, the product page, where it like talks about new stuff. APS. 
No. Uh, no. Uh, there's, an art, art, there's an article here, uh, Douglas Kirkland. He takes a star-studded look at the big Nikon F4. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, big, big as the Yeah, product word. review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's product review, but he shoots stars. This is almost like a People magazine for photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what better thing to have, liquor ads and camera ads side by side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Usually no, they involve absolutely. women in both of them, right? Uh, oh, I don't know. I just oh. saw the liquor, uh, absolute vodka there. Yeah, and those we've got, are uh, let me see if I can find a product. You find big glossy ads like the Kodachrome, yes. Ektachrome. Oh, Kodachrome that. slide. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Probably shot in Ektachrome. Yeah. <laughs> but here's like um, like new products. Oh, uh, Texas Leica. Uh, Fuji GSW6902. Oh, how, how much was that? List price $862. Ha, $250 now. Really? <laughs> and that's a nineteen ninety dollars. Nineteen ninety dollars. Yeah, so it's professional six by six by nine Fuji film camera. Mm. Uh, there's a product review of the I guess new and improved Ilford HP five. Whoa, uh, scrim touch, uh, scrim. Yeah, which mm-hmm. for folks you know if you're like. I, mean, I don't know. If you could be, go- you could if you're going to Home Depot and getting work lights and using those as <laughs> consistent light sources. Don't laugh. I know mm. film, some folks who have done that. Sure. Oh, it's not it's not col- not proper color temperatures, you know. But you know, you I know guys are still doing it. LEDs, sure. LEDs now are so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a camcorder. Oh, look at that! It's so small. It's a VHSC <laughs> camcorder. Uh, something called a. A Lisomi lens, Tokina seventy-five to three hundred f 4.5 uh, hmm. lens. It says the new lens is designed for Minolta Mac. But if you seek out these uh, magazines, you'll find that uh, that like department every single issue. So it's kind of cool to see. It's also popular photography, uh, modern photography. Peterson's. Peterson's. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's a great magazine. Mm-hmm. And um, a little bit older U.S. camera. Yeah, um, and I had that French magazine out the other night, French photography. Yeah, oui, oui. see all those old Cousina mm-hmm. ads yep. and things. It's a real hoot. It as is, as Leslie would say, <laughs> to see like your favorite, you know, Minolta, Canon, exactly. Nikon camera, seeing the original ad. Yeah, and the, a lot of times those magazines would do a year-end review of everything that came out, with yep. the prices, how to get mm-hmm. them, and contact them. What a valuable source. Of information. They say at Photokina. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Hold it for Photokina. Yeah. Hold it for Photokina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Leslie is going to be talking about uh, Lo-Fi Photo Fun and has uh, some camera examples when we come back. Do you get an index print that makes it this easy to order reprints? Thought not. What you need is an advanced photo system like Kodak Advantix. It's a different kind of film, a different kind of camera. Together they can help you take better pictures. This Christmas, why not treat someone to a Kodak Advantix gift box? Hey, we're back. Hey, here's a quick segment, and we're going to talk about something Mark is not familiar with, but Leslie and I are, which is Kodak Vision 3 film. And this is a motion picture film put in cartridges by us here at the FPP. I don't know if you guys can hear Kitty Cat off camera. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, now there's nothing quiet. But. Yeah. But this is a motion picture film. It comes in 50D. That's 50 daylight. 250D. That's 250 daylight. And 500T tungsten. Mm. And it's a remarkable film because it has an amazing latitude. 
an amazing color palette. For me, Vision is accurate. The Kodak Vision 3 500T, because it's so versatile, uh, whenever I'm, I'm photographing a school play, 500T. I can shoot mm-hmm. it at 500, I can shoot mm-hmm. it at 400, I can shoot it at 800. I even shot it at a thousand. Wow! And there's no and there's no nothing blown out. the The latitude is completely amazing. And from going outside, I just put an eighty five filter over my lens, and I'm ready to shoot outside. And this is available here at the FPP online store. The Kodak Vision Three film is ECN two. Okay. And everyone at home may be saying, and we've talked about this before. So is, it, is it a negative or a positive film? Negative. Negative. Okay. Like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You cannot get it processed at a commercial lab. What do I want this crap for? <laughs> but, so if you're home processing, so here's the, the myth but myth burst, which is about that, that, that remjet, that black carbon. Mm-hmm. There's been miles written about folks talking about how to scrub it off. What can I use to get this remjet off? And I don't know what all the hubbub is. If you're home processing film using a C41 kit, for Leslie and I... Do it next to last. Oh, you do it next I to last. I do it between Blix Fix and Stabilizer. Once you Blix Fix, you could expose it to light. Absolutely. Oh, no, so do I. Okay. Yeah, no, so yeah, do I. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so with yeah. color processing at home for this film, you have your developer, mm-hmm. your Blix Fix, mm-hmm. and then a stabilizer. So mm-hmm. in between stabilization, in between Blix Fix and Stabilizer... Take the film out. I do. I put it in a bucket of hot water, and with my thumb on the base side of the film, this <laughs> <laughs> there is a the black carbon layer comes off, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the bucket starts. The water, the clear water, becomes murky okay. and dark and black. And I do it just slightly different. People were going into this whole baking soda thing. Yeah. We found out that wasn't necessary. Not necessary at all. You know my ever classic microfiber cloths. Oh. oh, I've got my hot warm water there, about the same temperature as my, you know, ninety five hundred and two hundred and five. It's saturated. Dip it in. Film comes out. One swipe down. Clean place on the cloth. Two swipes down. In the stabilizer, we're done. Wow, microfiber. There we go. Mm-hmm. And see, you see, once you see, I, I love this this segment because Mark, you haven't shot it. Right, I haven't. And mm-hmm. you have not been doing your own C forty one process. No, I'm okay. a slacker. That's not a problem. So you may want to send your film out, and for the same price of normal C forty one processing. We have discovered so far here in the U.S. two labs that you could send your film to, and they specialize oh. in this process. Mm-hmm. They're basically doing what Leslie and I are doing by hand C41. So they have some guy in the lab who's always got a black thumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, a, or a stack of uh, microfibers. The Little That's- Film Lab in uh, Menlo Park, California. Oh. I know they're doing a Jobo process, I think mm-hmm. they're doing five rolls at a time. Hmm. And then recently, I received an email from the folks at the camera shop in Minnesota. So you could just the camera shop. The camera shop. They couldn't even come up with a really ritzy name. <laughs> just the camera shop. The camera shop in Minnesota. It seems like they have two locations: uh, one in uh, Wall Park, Minnesota, and one in Saint Cloud, Minnesota. They will process. If you go to their website, look at processing. Okay. They call it. Seattle Film Processing. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna actually send them a note because that's very old. I'm sure yeah, because that was that was a different process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even ECN two. It was something. Well, else. actually, it was. Was it? But Seattle Film Work uh, got themselves a little hot water. 
They called it the SW. Yeah, that's right. Yes. F or something. Yes. SWF. Yes. That's ECN-2. Yeah, okay. Because all it was was Kodak motion picture film. Yes. Not the Vision 3 because there wasn't Vision 3 back then. Mm -hmm. But it was the same process that they gave their own name to. Okay. Because they didn't want you to send it anywhere else. Of course. Oh. Yeah. And so they could send you your two rolls of film of Seattle Film film Works for free. And that's a whole other conversation because after a while, once the 1990s, 92, 93, they started converting over and started using regular C41 film. That's right. Uh But they never changed the Super XL processing, meaning they were basically telling their consumer you had to send it to them when in fact... You didn't, and they got busted by the local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, consumer affairs, basically, yeah. they got busted. I knew about the vision stocks because I was always looking online to see what movie film ends because, I, you know, that Eastman oh, yes. 222, right? Yeah. And so what you, go to the, you, you, you go to 5222, yeah. You go to the Eastman Products webpage, and they've got all, and, oh, and all so, sorts of information. Yeah, and they, they talk about the color reproduction and, and the vision films and, and so forth. And I saw I, I go, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. But, Again, I didn't know much about the whole processing process. Yeah. Uh, the black and white films, although they're motion picture films, the Double uh, X, the 5222, that's just standard black and white Yeah, it's, and it's a fantastic film. It too. is. It is. The Color Vision 3 films, the uh, reason we're mentioning this again is because both Leslie and I really, for folks out there who are kind of curious, try it. And if you don't do your own processing at home, send it to the little film lab or send it to the camera shop. It's no different than sending your film out to Dwayne's or or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't try to trick your local lab into processing. <laughs> they will not be happy. And I no. know our local store got burned that way. Is that right? Someone gave him a roll of film. The camera mall in camera mall, Ann Arbor. Right. They, 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 someone brought in a roll of film. They had labeled as something else, oh. and they knew what it was. And Camera Mall didn't, and of course, you're putting it in in the the processor, and there goes a whole batch of film. Yeah. So because of that, the policy is if it's not in a commercial cassette, if it's hand rolled, they won't touch it. Oh. Not only does a whole batch of film go, chemistry's history. Yep, chemistry's history. Because all that black is washed off into the chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, so that's I, and I don't blame them. I, oh, they said yeah. they know that. There's some people that bring in, they know exactly what's going to be in that roll of film, but it says if it just, you have to have the same rule for everyone, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then it keeps it simple. Are those folks film shooters or some of them film shooters? The guys that work there, guys and gals? Um, I know Christy shoots some film, yeah. and I've been, I, I gave her a roll of Svema 125, and she's going to turn her on to that, and I think yeah. she's going to, she hasn't shot it yet, but I think she right. will. If you're listening at home and you're thinking about this, if you already soup your own black and white film, uh, certainly try our. FPP Unicolor C41 kit, and then you could do all your C41 film, and you could also do this Kodak Vision 3 film. Uh, try it. I It's my favorite film. It is awesome. I can only say try it. You'll like it because the results are phenomenal. And if you go to my Flickr stream uh, on Flickr.com, Michael Rosso, if you type in Kodak Vision 3, you'll see all the stage productions I've shot. They're mm-hmm. high school productions. Wow. But the color is just so amazing. And so crisp, so good. So accurate. We're yeah. just not used to accurate. I, no. The first time I noticed it was the blush on a turnip. Oh. <laughs> I mean, usually it's I didn't turnip. Know turnips can no. blush. Yeah, exactly. What do you have to tell them for them to blush? <laughs> you cannot compare the color to a Kodak Vision 3 to, let's say, um, Kodak Anything. Gold. No. 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 Uh-uh. It, it compares to nothing. Yeah. Wow. And it has to be accurate. 
Let's face it, because it is movies. big production movie film, right. and they have to know what they're going to get. Yeah. Yep. So and you get tired of looking at Michael's bump over to mine. I shoot totally different subject matter right. than him. And night photography. Phew, yes. I'll have to it's try so some. nice to yeah. oh, get, okay. a, get a reason. <laughs> I will send you some. Okay. Reasonably you fast lens. You handhold this and go. And you can always drop it in an envelope, send yeah. it to one of these labs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're ordering it from the FPP, each roll ordered, you get uh, two pieces of paper stapled together. With all the information that we're talking about, the information on the labs, and a paragraph in bold begging you not to send it in to your lab. They will hate you. (laughs) Especially if you're doing something as diabolical as taking it out of the cartridge and putting it into another cartridge. (gasps) Trying to pass. It's not going to work. Yeah. You're going to get banned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah, it's, be blacklisted. it's just not right. because they don't want to do it, because it's something different. That's not the case. Yeah. This is a case of ruining hundreds of dollars worth of chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. All fantastic. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hey, now. Well, you've yeah. got the vision. I'll yeah, do it. That's right. We'll be right back. First time I held these shots in my hand, I knew I had to tell people about the Kodak Advantix camera. Look at that one. <laughs> I think we broke up right after that. Hey, can I tell you about the Kodak Advantage? Take a look through there. Yeah. It's drop and loading. People get such a kick out of this. It's like magic. It's got three picture sizes. Panoramic, you could span all of that. Right. Or you could take a bunch of yours and just staple them together. That's pretty neat. Can you find a picture of me sleeping? Right here on my index print. I like to think that I'm an ambassador of the Kodak Advantage camera. Hey, we're back. Leslie? Take it away with some lo-fi fun. Well, this this is, I'm almost offended by the name lo-fi fun because this is not a lo-fi book. Oh, okay. It really isn't. It is um, marketing. Blame the marketing department. I guess Adam Bronkhurst. It's not. I think it's 2012, a recently modern book. It has a f- chapters in it such as instant film, film, home processing. So that's it's a little higher key specific subjects. Pinhole. Adapting cameras. Um, it, it's for all of us who are photographers, sometimes we need some inspiration. Uh, seasoned shooters do. This is a great book for seasoned shooters. I've really enjoyed it, but it's also fantastic for people starting out because it can get into some really fun stuff quick off. It's written cookbook style, which um, it's great. It didn't offend me because it was because I can't. Don't know I've ever spent five minutes in a cookbook. But it starts out with each section. It'll start out with very tantalizing photographs. Then it will go into how it works, Mm -hmm. the theory of it, how to do it, sometimes maybe a sidebar with additional information. And it's just all so well spelled out. And the the subject matter in itself, going into how to store film, uh, how to treat expired film, how to pick a photo lab. It discusses film types, film sizes. It's a, it's just a very good manual on film photography. And I like it because there's a glossary in the back, and it's not called glossary. It's called jargon. Really? It, it is. Wow. So if you are new and you need to look something up, they do sprocket hole photography. On the front, it says creative projects for Polaroid, plastic, and pinhole. So it sounds like the title is dumbed it down for a very comprehensive book. Absolutely. Absolutely. The author, there is I, like, a tremendous you know, amount of revolt. education in here. <laughs> and it's nice if you want to do one of those projects where I want to do a subject a week. You can get all the inspiration you want out of here. Multiple exposures. 
um, long exposures and go right through. And there again, oh, something you've talked about recently, filters and gels. Putting mm-hmm. them on the flash, putting them over the camera. There again, you got those little tantalizing shots in the front. And yep, then... Yep. How it works, how to do it, the sidebar. Do they talk about color correction as well, or, um, or just special effects? Well, they do actually, I believe, go into some red scale using oh. s- using different films at the wrong time, using tungsten outside without Oh, that's good information. And look it, at those big, is, blo- big, glossy pictures. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautifully done. And it is all film more. Look at that, Sprockets, Sprockets. kids. Oh. And that's, to me, it is kind of lo-fi, but it takes... You need some education with this to load your camera up right. to, to shoot sprockets. You just can't slam it yeah, in there just... and do it. So to talk about how to do it, panorama in general, this is a marvelous book. I think for the inspiration and the education you get for this, for under 15 bucks, is well worth it. By mm. all means, mm. well worth it. So I had brought in a, a, a couple of my lo-fi cameras. I have my Del Monte's Chipmunk camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it looks 35. It has a hot shoe, but this is a 110. No way. Oh, it is. Really? Oh. Zoom right in on that. Ma- masquerading as a 35. Oh, I know. Millimeter. Look at that. It has a, a tomb in the back. Yes. <laughs> where, you, where you put your 110 film. And then uh, also, too, this is even weirder because this back doesn't even hinge. Oh, jeez. This is a um, Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup camera, and it's made to look like a package of Reese's peanut butter, even with the little indents. It from does. The package. That looks so good to eat. Yeah. And it, of course, is 110. also one ten. Shocking. It is, but it is a spy tech camera. Whole box, great manual, and it tells you how to treat this camera. You know what? That box is completely strange, because it's. You know, usually you think of these as giveaway cameras. Right, right. You know, oh, yes. but it's like yeah. Spy Tech and then this branded yes. Reese's. It's just yeah. confusing. And they don't even include any chocolate in there? No, there is no chocolate, but oh, they do tell you to take chocolate along with you. Oh, okay. Because if someone suspects something unusual, then you can reach in your pocket and pull out your Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup and eat it, and they'll go, oh, no, they just had candy with them the manual is adorable in that because it goes into surveillance how to take a picture um uh, passing secrets back and forth you know so it was a great wow boy camera maybe spy tech language ant minis cratology micro dot spy in the sky so they're just making a whole activity out of this two of my little lo-fis but the camera itself lo-fi photo fun is Great for yourself, but also, there again, you know me. This would be great for um, Dave, Mahali, and Tony. Right. They could pick a subject out of here, head off. The father-son team. Father-son mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although uh, Tony seemed pretty advanced with an SLR these yeah. days. Dang it, I know. He may not want to shoot with a Reese's. <laughs> he may not, Dad, please. But uh, a very worthwhile book that's very deceiving by the cover. Yes. I Who's may... the author? Adam Bronkhurst, B-R-O-N-K-H-O-R-S-T. I believe he's UK-based. I'm going to so, go buy a copy it's... before the day is over. Oh, Are you really that? sweet? Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, there you go. Yep. He's he's uh, authored a few more books. This this one's really phenomenal, I think, for the money. Yeah, so, from the title, I might title not have. That title is so darn it. deceiving. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. the title is deceiving. I, I don't know what you would have called it. It probably yeah. sold better this way. Maybe. And it, and of course, yes, they do go into Polaroid fun. And they there was red scale. I peel apart. Oh, look at that! You know that oh, type yeah. of stuff. Photograms, oh. and they did photograms 
on um, Instant Film. Yeah. yeah, that's Peel. That's a creepy looking oh, bug. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Sorry, these are beautiful. What kind of bug? Is that a tick? Look at those. Look at these photograms on Peel Apart Film. Oh. Are they beautiful? How do you do that? Do you need uh, a camera for that? Get no. the book. There you oh, go. Get the book. Get the book. Yeah. Um, and I just very, very, very early on, there's Red Scale. <gasps> wow. So it's and quite contemporary. Quite contemporary. Yeah. There's, you know, your goodie page. I want to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's laid out yeah. so nicely. Not, like I said, this is 15 bucks. If you spend that much for it, the bay. Right, right. Um, there's very advanced solar photography. Oh, yeah. And this solar photography oh, can be year exposures. Yeah. Four uh, years. You, year you, you set your camera up, you put a brick on top of it, and you yes. walk away. A pinhole. You walk away. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Pinhole. Yeah. Yep. Like a, almost like a pin. Pinhole? Like how it's small? A, pin, a pinhole camera. One 250 F-256. And just like 100 speed film? Uh, it goes all through it. These or are paper pa- negatives. Paper. Yeah. paper negatives oh. burns them in. And then there's a pinhole basic to get you And through then you it. scan that. That so you don't develop it. No, no. it develops, no, it bur- it yeah. develops yeah. out, burns in. Yeah. How do you see the image then? You don't. Yeah, it's there. It's ready. But on your scanner, if you develop, it's going to turn black. Mm-hmm. And piece of piece of photographic paper. You need to pick one of these. Lo-fi up to get photo fun. Exactly. Yeah. And then, wow. You know, there's. A I'd like to do a one year project like cookie that. Cookie tin pinhole container cameras, not that far from pooper shooters. No so, doubt. Um, great book and the basics. There we go. Film types. It talks about uh, slide film, oh. color negative, black and white, color. Where I'm you th- guessing we go around the table here that everyone's going to give this book a thumbs up. Even Matt? Thumbs up. Oh, thumbs nice. Up. Thumbs or, up. Thumbs up. And four, of course. Lo-fi photo, photo fun. fun. Look it up, folks. How do you spell photo on the front? Okay, the correct the r- way. The correct way. That's yeah. Good. They didn't want to sell that many copies. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Leslie. Sure. And we still have time when uh, we come back. Uh, uh, Matt's going to talk about doctor tips. Oh, the dark room tips. I just have <laughs> D- doctor. I have DR tips written down here. <laughs> what is a dark? Room? I thought maybe you'd be like if you're on, you know, if you're walking up the hill and you go and shoot some, you know, outdoor photography, you may want to take care of those corns and bunions. <laughs> we'll be back. Stop, drop, and roll. Don't ruin that camera. Hey, the dark room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? The dark room is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6? Uh, 122, 2035, 4x5, 8x10. The darkroom is com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo X Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The darkroom. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're back. Oh, while Matt is chatting, because he made his own, he already made his choice. Uh, if you go on your device to Panera Bread, oh, look to pick, you know, what you want. Gotcha. And then uh, I'm going to call it in, and Mark was uh, uh, awesome enough to say, hey, I'm going to go pick it up. Nice. It, ooh. And it's, uh, it's great. Uh, There's black squirrels here. Oh, no, where? I just saw one. I no way. Tree. Well, you were pretty amazed to see even the brown red squirrels. Yeah. yeah, no, they got yeah. Black squirrels. Hey, we're and back. Very... <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to be talking about now, Mike? You have no idea. Doc, doctor tips. <laughs> doctor? 
Doctor. Dr. Darkroom Tips, man. So uh, for this Darkroom Tip, I'm actually going to read a listener question because this was a great, uh, this a great question. It kind of led into some other, uh, some other things. But uh, this is from Joseph Cruz. Uh, how do you pronounce Cruz. his name? Cruz, like Tom, but taller and more muscular. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, FPP. <laughs> Appreciate the recent dialogue around home processing of C41. Do you have any comments on the exhaustion of chemistry? I've been processing on a Jobo, and I find that the chemistry is exhausting quickly. Is this common for Joboing C41? Jobo. Uh, I process mostly 4x5 sheet, sheets of Portra, Ektar, and 120 Portra, Ektar. Thanks, Joseph. So um, that's a great question, Joseph. And uh, exhaustion is something that you do have to deal with when you're doing home C41 and E6. Uh, and I, I'd already answered this in the can. I copied Mike on everybody. But uh, the, the basics for it, when I'm doing a home kit, I don't do the home kit things anymore. I, I ruined a sheet of 8x10 once, and I was like, you know what? Fill in the guys. They know what they're doing. I'm going to send it to them. And that's, that's been it ever since. But uh, for home processing... The best thing you can do is save up a bunch. Like get ready, like have the batch ready to go. Know that you've got your 10 to 12 roll capacity mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever you're going to do and just process it all as quickly as possible. From the time you mix your chemistry, you're going to have I always tell folks you're going to have a month. Like that's going to be the best time to get all that film done. Anything after that, uh I'm going to talk to Mark about this. For me. Yeah, yeah, it's cuz it could it gets crazy. Yeah. But uh, – I mean if you want good negatives. Yeah, like good consistent kind of negatives, that's <laughs> uh, that's what you're going to want. Now, he's processing in a Jobo. Right. A Jobo uses a very, very small amount of chemistry, but it's a big – they're usually big tanks. Oh. So there's a lot of – there's a lot of airspace in there, and it's constantly agitating. So that can uh, – the o- extra oxygen exposure during that constant time, that can – exhaust your chemistry relatively quickly i also mentioned the fact that a four by five sheet sheets you would consider that equivalent to souping a roll of film so if you're not Ooh. you know oh, a 36 is an eight by ten yeah 36 is an eight exactly or so 120 yeah, yeah so for mm-hmm. you know um so that's four four by five sheets so if you know you're not doing the the math properly on it you can also exhaust relatively quickly but typically those jobos the extra oxygen and, and the bottles you're storing it in mm-hmm. can introduce oxygen so a tip I learned from Alan Ross, when topping off uh, bottles of chemistry, when you put them back in, if there's a little bit of air at the top, you don't have to have an accordion bottle. If you have some canned air, give it a spritz. The canned air is, is heavier, than, heavier than oxygen. It uh, pushes it out and just top it off. How about ether? Not well. You can huff that whenever you want. I mean, that's... Oh, back up here. You're saying in your, your bottle where you're storing your chemistry... Uh-huh. Use canned air, canned air, to mm-hmm. blow out the air, the blow oxygen. The oxygen. Yeah, yeah, blow out the oxygen. Canned air is not oxygen. No. There's more nitrogen than oxygen. Mm-hmm. And well, then you, don't have you that blow stuff. it out as you're blowing it out. You seal it. Yeah. No kidding. Clip. Never heard of it. Yeah. Incredible. Another, again, small things like it's those little things help out hugely. Right. So yeah, then uh, then you can have it in whatever bottle you want. Just top it off. Wow. So um, yeah, Joseph emailed back. He he would hadn't considered the um, the ratios with the uh, the film sizes, and also it, you know it made sense. He was he was spacing out the time in which he was using it, so it was going over the the course of time where it might have started to get a little bit weird and needed some compensation. But uh, we're straightened away now, and he's uh, yeah processing su- successfully. So well, very cool. good. Yeah. But the little spritz, that's a, I think that's a great tip. Spritz. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Matt. When we come back, we're going to wind down.
Hey there, FPPers. Did you know that darkroom.com now offers sheet foam processing? Sheets. That's right. 4x5 and 8x10 black and white C41 E6 processing. Nice flat rate. Check them out. Thedarkroom.com. Click on sheet foam processing. Fill out your form. Ship it in. They'll process it. Send it back. Lickety split. They have excellent customer service. They do a great job. Consistent, dependable. Thedarkroom.com. Check them out today. Yo. Yo. Hey, we're back and we're going to wind down. Anyhow, quick letter from Kathy. She says, I received my camera already. She's talking about the FP store. Uh, It's nearly new looking, too. Seriously, the the shipping charges were so low. I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad you do. Thanks for the help again. I'm trying to figure out what was wrong with my Spectra. Most of all, big thanks for all the stickers. So Kathy emailed me. As I received many, many emails, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. She's like, hey, Mike, what's wrong with my Spectre camera? And I believe it was bust. Mm. Sad. Like, yeah, and I was like, look, you know, you could do this, you could do that, but quite frankly, you know, why don't you just seek out another Spectra? And there are not a ton of uh, cameras left in the FPP online store, but the ones that are left, I went in over the summer, I looked at all the prices, I'm like, I wouldn't pay that. Oh, I don't want to pay that. Yeah. And I just dropped all the prices oh, on, on the used Polaroid cameras. So you can pick up a Polaroid 600 for twenty nine ninety nine. It's tested. Uh, Spectra. There might be a Spectra up there for twenty nine ninety nine. Tested. There might even be a model up there for twenty bucks. Ooh. It's like grab yourself a camera that's tested and uh, buy some film and away you go. And this is uh, Kathy writing us that she decided to get a new Spectra and then she she received it. It's, fun, it's funny. She ordered it, but she received it the day before. <laughs> it happens like that. Yeah. <laughs> because Mike drives up to the edge of your town, puts it in a mailbox, and then runs back. Right. So it's I'm, amazing. I'm glad you folks are really happy. You know, we're, we're here to help, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, uh, you know, we received a letter like from the school teacher Danielle. She's like, "It's too good to be true." You know what? And it is. I can't guarantee this is always going to be here. I mean, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've been doing. As a matter of fact, you know, we've been doing this five years, six years, six, six years. years. Whoa. Six years. We're still going strong. Uh, I think someone asked me uh, when we did our photo walk uh, in, in, uh, a few uh, months ago. Mark uh, was like, uh, "Oh, um, how long could you keep going?" I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. As long as it's fresh mm-hmm. and it's from the heart and it's not forced. I said, as long as it's not forced, yeah, uh, then we'll we'll keep it going. It so, becomes a yoke. Then, yeah. you, then oh. you know. Yeah. And sometimes I always think, oh, I have nothing else to say. And then someone will bring in a camera. A listener will write a letter with a question. It's just, And then it starts all over fires again. Fires right mm-hmm. up again. Right. The yep. energy's back. Well, the the beauty of film cameras, there are so many of them, and oh. there's so many you know variations on a theme and everything, but but there's a lot of them out there still. Yes, and some are better than others, some are more accessible than others, but there's a lot of them out there. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of folks teaching, here's a letter we received from Dylan Barnes. He's a, a teacher of a middle school down in Florida where we shipped a, a boatload of point-and-shoot cameras earlier Ooh. this year. And uh, because uh, we have so many debonairs and his students are shooting 35 p- point-and-shoot, I said, uh, Dylan, well, why don't I send you a debonair to try out? And if you want more, you know, I'll send you 15 of them. 
This way your students can like get their hands on roll film. You know, just the experience of rolling the, the 120, making sure it's loaded properly in the camera and closed properly mm-hmm. because they're processing it themselves. Right. They could go through that whole experience of, oh, I had a light leak. Why is that? Oh, the fa- it wasn't fastened properly or, you know, this, that, the other thing. So Dylan says he also listens to the podcast. Oh, good. He's like, listen to the podcast today. What a great little uh, feature. Thank you so much. My students used the debonair and loved it. If you want to send a set of those, that would be amazing. Another question, do you have any film SLR kits for donation? Oh, I sent him those as well, as a matter of fact. Because his kids are so into it with the point and shoot that he feels that... They're growing out of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few students, five, would be ready to take the plunge into understanding exposure, aperture, shutter speed. And I figured I would throw that question your way. Thanks for everything. This was back in September. So he has them in his hands now. And Mm -hmm. now those uh, middle school students are getting their hands on SLR, which is, you know, it's awesome. It's sort of like when I was a kid, um, I received my Canon FT from my Aunt Linda. It was, you know, as an eighth grader, it was just kind of cool to have that camera. And it wasn't that difficult to use. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't thinking too much. I was just putting the meter in the... Sure. The, the needle in the middle of the circle. Yeah. All right. The donut on right. a stick. Yeah, donut yeah. on a stick. So I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that uh, you know those students down in Florida are having the opportunity. And we're thrilled to continue here in our sixth year. Mm-hmm. I just had a gentleman who his son took a film SLR camera to the homecoming. Oh. And apparently, because of that, he was quite a chick magnet. Oh. That's what his dad told me, because he ended up being quite a chick magnet. So there you go. Another incentive. Walking around I've heard with that a, yeah. from yes. other people. If you're a young person and you're walking around with a, an odd vintage camera. Yes. TLR. Oof. Oh, that or a Polaroid. A Polaroid, yes. Yeah. Another young person will be like, hey. He's Who's cool. that interesting, cool person? That's right. Ooh, what's that hot new camera he's uh-huh. got? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course, when I take something out, I just get 80-year-old men who say, I used to use that. <laughs> oh, this doesn't quite always work the same. Not 100%. Not 100%. You have an old geezer magnet. I got an old geezer <laughs> magnet. <laughs> We'd keep talking, but we're going to take a Pantera bread break. <laughs> Pantera, isn't that a rock group? Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to take us two weeks to finish that. So we're going to see you in two weeks. We'll be back. The gang will be back. And we'll see you then. Yeah. <laughs>
now I'm getting some interference from my brother. Uh, uh, uh. It's my mother. Hang on. Oh. What is... <laughs> Can't you put her in the bathroom? I'm doing my show. No, you can do it by yourself. I'm doing my show. Sorry for that interference. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at him. There's a gent lives on our street. He got no pockets. And I wonder how he carries stuff. I drop it. He got nowhere to keep his keys and change. It would surely drive me crazy. So deranged. You can often see him in the morning walking. And I think I've heard him singing, maybe talking. His dead man's arms and me by his side. I guess he got no place to put him in his stripes. He got no pockets. 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 Got no pockets, that man has got no pockets. His mother sticks them up when he was seven. The surest way to get the boy to heaven. Cause young boys' hands will wonder where they will. But if you got no pockets, can't get no thrills. He got no pockets. 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 That man has got no pockets.